Welcome to the podcast. Here we are. Yes. <laughs> the first ever episode of Tangents. Tangents with a librarian and a shrink and a lot yes. of cats. Yes. And I don't know, do you want to explain why you pitched the word shrink and why it's not offensive? I was worried about that. Yeah. I mean, I think I have a really good sense of humor and it's one of those things that if you claim the word, it yes. doesn't have the connotation. And mm -hmm. I've never been offended. Um, I have clients that are just like, um, yeah, I wanted to make sure that they talk to my shrink. And I'm like, am I your shrink? Or are you referring to your psychiatrist? Because either of us could be a shrink. Mm -hmm. um, and they're like, no, you're not the shrink. You're my therapist. And I'm just like, hmm, what do I have to do to be a shrink? <laughs> um, and it's also, I think, ironic because usually i think the origin of the word is that you're shrinking egos oh really i i made that up i could be wrong okay see i thought it was something to do with the voodoo and shrunken heads but i could be totally wrong yeah definitely not this is one of those things we should have googled it we should have been you know when we talk about things we want to research <laughs> but you know the irony is that with my community i'm not shrinking egos usually i'm trying to actually Build them up. some egotists <laughs> like come on you don't have any confidence let's have some sense of self yeah no we had a big talk today and work because um we have a boss with a very strong personality oh, yes. and we are a bunch of developers natural introverts mm -hmm. and we're all very unhappy <laughs> with the sort of state of how we've been bullied into not saying when we think he's making bad decisions for the app that we're all supporting oh yeah but there are one or two people on the team who will consistently stand up to him and be like, hey, dude, what you're saying right now, we get it, it's the business, but it's not good for how we work. Yeah, and, yeah. and they can kind of push back. And then all of us seeing how they push back and how it can be successful sometimes is, is helping us all to be a little more um, vocal about when we think person is wrong. Yeah, yeah. There's a hard, it's hard when there's that contrast i just remember when i worked in glasgow at the internet company all the techs and creatives were in glasgow and all the suits were in london mm. so you already had the whole scotland versus england thing and then you had the suits versus the creatives and it was just you know they come up to glasgow and everyone would just drink them under the table and it was fine <laughs> <laughs> well we have um two teams with two product owners on the teams they're both um, business guys who have learned how to code. Oh, okay. And they have a bunch of coders under them. Don't understand the business at all. Ah, yeah. So they're kind of doing that business analyst translation thing for us, help us understand this world that we're building this tool for you guys to use. Mm -hmm. But one of them has a lot of empathy and is really good at seeing the long-term view of how I can keep my employees happy and what's going to be better for the app in the long run. And the other guy is very short term get it done now fast 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 don't oh, care yeah. crap just get it out for it's like ugh. it's a big difference we don't like that you know what we didn't do what we didn't introduce ourselves <laughs> that's fine no podcast ever introduces themselves in the first five minutes and then they apologize for it every time i've, I've listened to any podcasts great that's good to know we've already started just like everyone else <laughs> hi i'm michelle hi I'm michelle a I'm Beth, and I am a mental health therapist. Technically, I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor. Nice. AKH. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I'm a shrink. Yeah, and I'm also lying because I'm not technically a librarian at the moment. I have the credentials to be, and I have worked as many, many different kinds of librarians as academic, public, special, archivist. Um, how many How many books are stacked up behind you? Um, I oh, I can't hear you. I honestly haven't counted. I'm yeah. sorry. Um, <laughs> four times 50? Yeah, so you're just a librarian. It's just at home. I am. I'm, well, I don't know if I'm a collector. I think I collect oh. books now, and I sometimes read them. But I do enjoy cataloging them and reorganizing them by many different types of metadata. See, so a librarian. Yeah, yeah, and I still have all my librarian hood posse on Twitter. That's where they uh, live, and, and we bitch about librarian problems, like staplers, you know. Disappearing. Disappearing, yep. We used to have to chain them down at the academic library I worked at in Maryland. Um, most often they would break there. Um, and then, yeah, yeah. And then you become the shush police, and that's no fun. Oh, and then yeah. you become yeah. objects of um, sexual predators, and that's no fun. Um, so yeah, I got out of that work. I, I went on to do other fun things with my life. Um, now I build websites for corporate America. <laughs> I toots my loads, tried working in academia so I could keep my, um, you know, street cred of working in higher education. But, you know, they just don't pay that well. And God knows I have so many student loans. We just, we had to go the way of the money. Yeah, it's it's ironic to go into these fields where you pretty much have to get a graduate degree to mm -hmm. get like a credible job. Yeah. You don't make enough money to pay for the grad loans. I mean, I work at a nonprofit by choice because mm -hmm. I like the mission. Yes. And then it's like, oh, if you go to this other place, you'll make $15,000 more. And it's like, yeah, but that other place is evil. Yeah, and fifteen thousand is not worth your peace of mind. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm probably speaking from a very privileged position to say that, but in my opinion, like I've quit jobs I was making very good money. I mean, I had another job lined up, but your the price of the your what am I trying to say the your life and how happy you are every day going to that job and how miserable it makes you, it's not worth it. Yeah, well, it, do, it, it truly depends. If I was at a place where I wasn't making enough to make ends meet, it would be worth it. Mm -hmm. um, and luckily, my partner is working. Yeah, um, yeah. But on, and those times that he's not, it's like, oh, I might have to go to the place that is evil just mm -hmm. so we have food. Yeah. yeah, currently, partner is employed, mm -hmm. and I can stay at the place I like. Yeah, it's gonna bug me. What's that? What the word is I'm thinking of? Like the, the work culture, the work life balance, the um, level of toxicity at the workplace. You know. Yeah, I mean, I get the word's not coming to me either. But again, mm -hmm. I've had whiskey. <laughs> I'm drinking decaf tea now. So. Oh, nice. Switch to tea. Mm -hmm. I've had many cups of coffee today. But, I, uh, actually, I chose this cup on purpose um, because this is an original Waffle House coffee mug. Did you steal it from the Waffle House? I did not, but you know who did? Your brother. Patrick Dean. 
Oh, bless his heart. Bless and, his soul. Um, so he passed away today. And it's a great story because he and Aaron were having a yard sale. Uh-huh. And he enthusiastically like came up and was like, Beth, you should buy this mug. I stole it from Waffle House. <laughs> and his mother, What a great promotion. <laughs> his mother was standing mere feet away. And Aaron's face just crumpled. She was like, oh, no. Don't talk about stealing things in front of your mother. And it was just, he was just so full of, like, Beth, Glee. I appreciate this Waffle House mug I stole. And I'm like, yes, I will. I will buy that Waffle House mug that you stole. Yeah. Um, and his wife's probably like, I get this um, stolen goods out of our home before the right. police come and claim it. Take you away. Statue of limitations is up. So. Oh, okay, good. Karma. There's no statute of limitations on karma. Right, yeah. I mean, come on, Waffle House. Yeah, yeah, there's probably not much in there. You're fine. Um, but that that is very precious. Oh, like Waffle House. Hmm. I know. Yeah, there's nothing I can eat there. But No. It's like, how do you get coffee and plain grits, please? And yeah. would be like, just plain grits? You want some butter? No. Really? Just... Plain? Yeah. I mean, it's not what I want, but it's what you've got. Yeah. <laughs> Alas. Yeah. So, should we talk about why tangents? Uh, because we go off on them for many miles. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's such a good word. It is. Agentally speaking. Yeah. I told Eric what we named it, and he was like, is that because of how you two speak? It's like, yeah, yes, exactly. that's precisely where that word came from. Yes. <laughs> you got it. Good job. <laughs> In one. In one. Yeah. Smart guy. Yes. No, everyone I've told about it to is very supportive. And, oh, God, of course you should be doing that. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. So, yeah, I rearranged my home office so that um, there's a better sound area here. Um, ironically, one of my clients today did say it's like oh you rearranged your office again i was like yeah you know um got to get away from the window because there's going to be an air conditioner in it at some point in the summer and he's like you should do a podcast <laughs> i i wasn't using the microphone i wasn't using uh -huh. the phones i was just like why do you say that he's like i don't know and i'm like that's interesting and of course i played it off <laughs> did someone feed you that line <laughs> boundaries but <laughs> huh how do you know i don't already have one <laughs> He's like, I've Googled you, Beth, I know. Yeah, he probably has. <laughs> I'm sure that many of my clients were like, who is this lady? I had to explain my um, run-in with Twitter <laughs> stalking um, from my last job. Um, but apparently, because my one of my bosses was telling me a story about how he had gone to have a meeting with um, a big corporate, big box store, and um, he had been just fussing about them on Twitter the day before, and one of the guys in the meeting had looked up. He had said, oh, I Googled all of you before I came here, including your Twitter's side eye. Uh-oh. <laughs> my boss was like, yeah, that was the last day I used Twitter. That's why my Twitter is private. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't assume anyone cared that much about what I thought to go looking for my private Twitter, but oh, they did, and they complained to the head of IT and HR, but thankfully HR was smart and was like, you can't do shit about her Twitter feed. Please be quiet. Go away. Yeah. Give us a real problem. She gets to have opinions. Yes, yes, and she did not use your real name or say where she worked in anything, and we don't care, and also being a jerk to her, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I think... My Twitter's pretty locked down. 
at least one of my Facebooks is because of my therapist. Um, Your role as a therapist. Yeah. And also a dance teacher. And this is how I learned how to lock down my Facebook. Um, several, oh, yeah. several years ago, mm -hmm. I was teaching dance and um, it was a split class. So my friend who started the Irish dance classes in, um, which I call it, Northfield, uh -huh. um, we were co-teaching. So she had one class, I had another one. And someone in her class came over and handed me a drawing of cat, um, which, hi, I like cats. And I looked, I was like, oh, thank you so much. And I was like, wait a second, this is my cat. And um, this young lady had found my Facebook and um, drawn claws. It was my old cat. Yeah. Um, I was like, I should probably lock down my Facebook because I have some pretty unstatus quo opinions that can get me ostracized from normal people. Yeah. Please don't repeat anything you saw there to your parents. Thank you. Bye. Please don't tell them all that. Um, so yeah, I locked down the, the old Facebook. Yeah, Duff's is smart. Is that a stuffed platypus behind you? It is. <laughs> um, so I love platypuses. Platypi? I'm not sure. Uh, it's like octopus. Both are correct. Yeah. And, um, you know, Monica T. Yes, yes, you're Monica. My Monica. Um, my work wife. It's like... <laughs> She got it for me for Christmas. I don't even remember how it came up that I love these weird animals so much, but Aww. it's so cute. Mm -hmm. So yeah, flatty. I read a funny, um, one of those like Reddit meme things talking about how God created animals and how he's describing them to like the angel engineer architects of what I want you to go build for me. Okay, for cats, it's going to be cute and fluffy, but give it tiny knives. And then platypus, it was like, I want you to cross a duck and eight other animals. Here you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Octopus, give it the smartest brain on the planet and no bones. <laughs> and very, very sensitive arms, but no thumbs. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Although it certainly doesn't ever stop octopus. I, I love the whole... And this octopus escaped. This one escapes on a regular basis. This one got itself out of a jar. It's like, yeah, they're actually like our overlords and just no one's inventing it. Yes, maybe stop um, caging them. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Just... Anything that's smart to get away that many times to like crawl through sludge and sewage and squeeze itself down so small to get through those vents and stuff. Just let that go. Yeah. It's kind of like when cattle escape. I'm like, yeah, they they earned that. I mean, of course I'm yeah. biased because I don't eat meat, but it's like, mm. that animal worked really hard to do that, and mm -hmm. we should honor that. Yeah, but then I worry about it going near highways. I mean, it hurt. Well, they had, they do have to be caught, but I think they should be taken to like a sanctuary. Yes, yes. I, I love this plan. Yes. My headphones are beeping, and I don't know why. Battery's dying? I don't know. I just charged it the other day. Oh. Hmm. Batteries are relatively new. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to use them. Yeah. Yeah, so I took him over to his um, track and field class yeah. today. It was very fun. I like it. Do you know the Kenwood Park area? Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really pretty. And there's like crazy gorgeous houses over there. And there was one for rent that 
five bedrooms, massive house. I'm like, who can rent that? Right. Yeah. House prices are crazy right now. I can't imagine they are to rent something. Mm -hmm. No, no. I tried to figure it out looking at it on Zillow and it was like, yeah, probably four grand a month. Holy cow. (laughs) What in the world? Who rents a house for that? No, um, yeah, there's multiple houses in my hood up for sale in the, um, like, yeah, if they're one story, they're probably 300,000. They're two stories, they're 400,000. Yeah, yeah. But they're, crazy. they're all tiny, and you have tiny little plots of land. Mm-hmm. But people that just want to live in this area. Instead of my fantasy of buying 10 acres and having all my friends go and live out there, except we're all <laughs> in, like, different corners of the plots, so we don't have to see each other. The little each other every day because we're all introverts (laughs) but it's like okay we're all together Mm -hmm. and if we want to go see each other it's very close i think that's my cousin's plans too is to buy like 10 some acres up around duluth oh yeah and like build a house on it and then anybody else they like is allowed to build a house on georgia or minnesota minnesota duluth oh okay I hung a map of Minnesota up on my wall in Georgia before I uh-huh. moved here. Anything just so I could not get lost every time. So basically, I memorized rivers. And so I went oh, for the yeah. first like, year. I'm like, what side of the Mississippi am I? Okay. Uh-huh. Am I above the other river? Nope, still lost. But hey, I would at least not be lost in St. Paul. I'd be I had a county map of Georgia hung up in my old house. I wonder what happened to it. Hmm. I probably still got the frame up, and I've got a different piece of art in front of it. I tend to do that. It's probably still in the frame. Mm-hmm. It's still in the frame. It's just got a different piece of art in front of it. Yeah. yeah. I still have that giant map of uh, Scotland, Ireland, Wales, England Yay. that my dad built the frame for. Um, and when he gave it to me, he's like, be really careful with this. I'm like, oh, I will. It's very special. He's like, well, also, I couldn't afford the kind of glass that usually goes in frames. It is shatter resistant. And so if this breaks, I'm like, oh, cool. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> it's like, yeah, just just be really careful. It's it's just meant to suggest that it's a picture frame. It's not really meant to be used as such. It might kill someone. It's like, okay, well. Yeah. A weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, so did you have any ideas of things you did want to always talk about on the podcast? Because we're, we're still trying to figure out direction or if we're going to have direction. Yeah, I mean, I could talk about what I've been reading this week or because um, I don't watch television or um, anything like that. Um I need to get back to that state. I was happier when I was like that. Yeah. Some new, like, point of parenting an autistic child I could talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd have to get Eric's permission to talk about partnering with someone on yep. the spectrum. I did mention it to, um, yes, the, the other parent of my child. And he was like, yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, just, you know, don't talk about me with my name and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that yeah. sounds good. Oh, what else? It's, it's really hard. I mean, mm-hmm. usually what happens, I talk about my partner a lot in trainings. And yes. I come back to him. I'm like, I owe you dinner. He's like, oh, did you talk about <laughs> me? I'm like, 
I did, but you know, it's it's the good things like you were up against this barrier and then you figured it out. And he's like, yes. Okay, good. I'm like, because you, know, you want to share success stories with people. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to like just get up there and fuss about all the things that you dislike about your partner. This isn't right. your therapy right. time. When it's like universalizes the challenge. And then also it's like, Hey, mm -hmm. we did figure it out. It took four years, but we figured this out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, I don't ever tell stories. He hasn't approved me telling. Very true. Also, I think I can always say his name because there's 10 gazillion Eric's in this state. Yeah, I think you win that. Yeah, I need to, yeah. my, my monkey, E, Eves, Eves, Eves yeah. is good. I like Eves. Mm -hmm. what, so what have you been reading? I've been reading um, an older series by um, an, the author, his name is Mike Carey. And he wrote the Lucifer comics for, which was kind of a spinoff of Sandman comics that Neil Gaiman wrote, mm -hmm. um, which became the Lucifer TV show on Netflix. But um, he also oh, wrote, yeah, he also wrote the book that came out recently, um, The Girl with All the Gifts. Okay. But, and, and on that, it says it's by M period, R period, Carrie, but it's the same guy. Hmm. I'm not sure why they rebranded him for this, but um, they did. Um, and then now I think there's the second one too. It's like the boy with the blah, blah, blah. Okay. Because we like our naming conventions to the girl with the book publishers. Um, yeah, so I'm reading this other series that I wrote a long time ago about an exorcist in London during either the 90s or the early aughts. Okay. Yeah, so it's a really interesting, um, yeah, you, you can you kind of get a flavor for the time period. People have cell phones, but it's, it's not a widespread technology, um, but they're not smartphones yet. Um, and then, okay, so it's a period of London where um, some sort of apocalyptic event has happened that everyone can see ghosts now. Oh. And zombies are everywhere. And there's different kinds of zombies. There are the kind of, um, okay, no, so there's zombies or zombies. But then there's this other kind of undead creature thing that's like a werewolf. Okay. But it's not a werewolf. What they do is the spirit of a human goes and, like, takes the body of a wolf something like it and uses it and can kind of go back and forth between and, and it uses that to be its physical shape. So kind of like a changeling but not really. Yeah, yeah, it's grosser, it's grittier. Okay. Um and then he's got a so there there's it's a series of about six or seven novels and there's a bigger overarching storyline that's him trying to help his best friend who's got a demon stuck inside him that he accidentally helped put there. That sounds complicated. Yeah, yeah. So the friend um, was an idiot and tried summoning this demon. And then um, Felix, the exorcist, he's uh, trying to help um, get the demon out of him. And in doing so, like, like how he would exercise a ghost, but exercising a demon from a person is really different. And he didn't know that. And, and ex um, unintentionally bound him together tighter. So one goal is to get the demon out of his friend second goal is like kind of the each bad guy each turn the guy's just a masterful storyteller though he'll have like like how jk rowling could do with you'd have different little things popping in and out um he, you know he's randomly mentioning he sees cats everywhere and it seems like it's nothing but then oh my gosh he just got attacked by a were creature that uses cats as it's oh yeah so it had been spying on him the whole time and he didn't know it they're just like leaving you clues and things that you're gonna follow and put together later um, the writing style is really beautiful. Um, 
the characters are good. Um, yeah, so I'm just really enjoying it. Um, it. It's a darker, grittier, more heavily plotted out Jim Butcher, Harry Dresden kind of thing. And it's like a novel format? Yes, it's a novel. It really. sounds like it could be a graphic novel. Yeah, I mean, this is the guy that wrote graphic novels for a long right, time. Right, right, yeah. So I, maybe was, I think artists like that are really good visual storytellers because they're already mm -hmm. visualizing mm -hmm. what they're thinking. It's like, okay, I'm going to put that into words. Yeah, for That's sure. Really good, yeah. Um, I'm going to read My Friend Dahmer at some point. It's a graphic novel about Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, nice. Um, but right now I'm I'm slogging through two books. Uh -huh. thank, you, thank you, ADHD. Of, uh, one is an 800 page biography of uh, James Connolly. Oh, fun! So, you know, Irish Irish fella, socialist. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'm kind of balancing that out with reading Cool Town. Did you see a, this book kind of floating around Facebook amongst our friends? Mm -mm. Um, it's a history of our hometown, Athens, Georgia's music history. No way! No way! Yeah, so it's kind of starting about talking about you know BPS twos and pylon. All those kind of uh, pilgrims of music. Uh, <laughs> nice. You know, it, and it's really cool, although it's making me extremely nostalgic. Yeah. Well, maybe and I can borrow it when you get done. Definitely. It's just, uh, I think I was really lucky to get to grow up and be a weird teenager in a place where it was okay to be a weird teenager. Yeah, that's awesome. Because I just meet so many people here. I'm like, oh, if you were just in a place where there's a bunch of artists, you'd be fine. Mm -hmm. But instead, you're around all these kind of overly normal Midwestern people. Yeah. So, but yeah, those are two things I'm trying to read. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have a stack of about 25 of those. Yeah. Books I've started that yeah. I was really into this when I got it. And then I've got two books I borrowed from a friend that I, I, I'm sure he would really like it if I would give them back to him. Um, he's really into Northern Ireland. Oh yeah. Okay. So, um, so, so yeah, it's like a, a history of like the troubles. There we yeah. go. And then like, I know you will know all about this as soon as yeah. I find the right descriptive words to say what I'm trying to say. Um, so, so yeah, I, I borrowed a couple of books from him on that. So I need to read them and get them back to him. He has gotten a new Boston Terrier puppy that oh. I am super excited to go play with. Cute. He named her Eva, but spelled it in a very Gaelic way. E-B-H-A? A-O-I-F-E. Oh, Eva. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's one of my favorite names. Yeah, it's beautiful. And she's such a sweet, sweet girl. Um, I can't wait to meet her. Nice. Happy. Well, you can always uh, text me what those books are, and I might have them. So if you need to return, oh, to yeah, because <laughs> um, when a rise closed, I bought the entire Irish section. Nice. Yeah, nice. no, he lent me two books and I lent him like five. So I figured oh. this is like an exchange that we will do at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I find I think because I spend the entire day using my brain and talking to people, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, my partner's just like, you just talk to people all day. I'm like, but I'm an introvert. So I'm exhausted at the end of the day. Yes, yes. And I mean, I, it may not look like it, but I am thinking really hard when I'm interacting with those people. Yeah. I'm thinking about what they're saying and what they might be experiencing and trying to offer solutions. Yeah, I so, can't imagine 
the brain toil that must be like you're in a live session with a person you've got one hour to get out of them what they need to get out of to, to speak to and then you have to have all the answers or thoughts or you know, potential problem solving prepared and ready to spit back at them and this yeah. is the only time period you got to do it it's not like you can email them in a couple of days later hey i thought of this hey i thought of this this is your window yeah that's hard so i find that uh by the end of the day i like as much as I want to read, I'm just like, I'm just going to play a true crime podcast and check out. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's sad because I really miss devouring books, mm -hmm. but maybe I'll get back there at some point. Yeah, you will. Yeah. No, I spend my days, um, how I work, um, I'll have three quick stand-up meetings in the mornings, which are typically faceless Zoom calls that we all just talk with our assigned time to talk, and you're supposed to talk for 30 seconds or less. Oh, wow. Um, and then I put on True Crime Podcasts for the entire day. Oh. And I will try, I'm, I'm having a really hard time, like, with the project I'm working on right now, um, not just being overwhelmed by the enormity of it, to take it apart and put it into, I put it in little pieces many times, and I just can't seem to stay on it, so... I'm kind of hunting around for other work I could be doing, which will hopefully spin back up my motivation to want to work on this. Yeah. Oh, I think my headsets did die. Oh, so yeah, big gamer. I like my games. Yep, the headsets died. It's weird. Oh, no. Just charged them. Huh. Maybe I charged them with the wrong cord. Maybe. I was going to say something and I forgot what it was. So yeah, I can't stay focused on my big project and I don't like it. And I may find other work for me to do to try and get me back focused on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I do knit all day. Oh, nice. Because I, especially like we're doing telehealth during the pandemic in person, I feel very connected to like someone and I, I don't get as distracted. Mm -hmm. Um, somewhat a little bit when I, if I'm writing notes at the same time with the laptop in person, mm -hmm. um, although the upside is they, if they mention something I don't know about, I'm like, all right, I'm going to Google that right now so that yeah. I can talk about it with you. Um, I've learned so much about so many things. Um, I'm sure. But telehealth, I, I'm, you know, there's there's cats, there's my room, there's yeah. So I knit. Okay. I've now got. A lot of really random knitted things that I need to get rid of. <laughs> uh, that's my focus. Donate them? Oh. Yeah, I'll find a place to donate. It's like, hi, do you want some random size capes? Because uh, it's, you know, knitting a triangle is very easy because it can't be anything that, like, I have to count or pay attention to. Mm -hmm. The individual I'm talking to is more important. But that's also Correct. It's just busy work for your hands and your brain to be focusing on so that you're not a scatterbrain and can actually focus on the one thing. Yeah. And, you know, that's the great part about working with exclusively neurodivergent people is they don't care if I'm, like, looking down at the knitting. I'm not they don't see that as rude. Yeah, yeah, they understand. It's totally fine. Um, nice. And some of them actually have a little fun with it because I'll look back up and they're doing something like, what you doing? And they're like, nothing? <laughs> okay. Um, but, yeah. Can't imagine having to work with neurotypicals via telehealth. It must be horrible. How do you make eye contact as a neurotypical via telehealth? Like, do you have to stare at the camera? Yep, yep. 
Um, actually, I had this conversation a lot with my cousin's wife, who's in HR, and she was helping me prepare for um, Zoom interviews. Oh, yeah. So you have to stare at the camera. Yes. Look at the camera when they're talking to you. But then- look at the camera when you're talking to them as well. And but, I mean, my my when you're talking, I want to look at you, but no, I need to look at the camera <laughs> because yeah, you think I'm just staring off into space. Yeah, it's tough because I tend to look at the, the person on the screen, which isn't the same mm-hmm. camera. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm going to stick with neurodivergent people. Yeah. Yeah. No. And when I'm with my therapist, um, I'm more often than not just on my phone. So I'll just like hold my phone and I'm just talking to her. So, you know, her face takes the whole screen. So really I'm just looking at the screen. Yeah. It's really just the laptop. It becomes an issue of where am I looking? Yeah. Although I am sometimes I'm teaching dance on the iPad and if I turn the iPad horizontal to get Mm. a, a fuller view, it's like all of a sudden it looks like both my eyes are like askew. Um, oh, no. But that's okay. I don't think any of my dancers are too worried about it. Because um, they are all very flexible human beings. Children, they're great. <laughs> Mentally, emotionally, physically. Yeah, yeah. You do something weird, they're like, huh, that was weird, Miss Beth. It's like, true. True. Yeah, yeah the, the little track and field class today, It's a it's an interesting mix of ages um four to nine. Oh yeah so that's a wide range of maturity level <laughs> huge range yeah yeah so you get these cute little four-year-olds who are shy to death and don't want to leave their moms you get these like six seven eight-year-olds that are just jerks that are constantly pushing each other messing around um there's a couple of girls it's mostly boys there's a couple of girls who are very calm and quiet and very into this running thing um and then there's my child who is the oldest largest tallest child there um, and he is terrified of bees oh. and, and just constantly looking at every flower, like it might be harboring a hidden assassin that's going to attack his feet at any moment. Um, and I have to, that? no freaking idea. Um, my, his father will tell you that I somehow instilled this fear in him because I have a natural fear of flying insects, but I insist that no, I have never shown fear in the face of an insect while my child was in the room because I would have been aware that that would have been the natural consequence therein. I did yeah. not do that. I always show bravery my child and I'm scared of spiders when no one else is around. Um, so yeah, no, I don't do that. If I see a bee I, or a fly or anything that might possibly hurt, I gently guide him away from it and then like stomp on it myself gently or just move it away. Whatever seems to be the appropriate response at that time. So yeah, we had to have the bee thing. And then he um, declared that the porta potty was soup's sus and he could not use that. I kind of agree with him though. <laughs> it was the cleanest porta potty I have ever seen. Oh, really? <laughs> I was like, you don't know, kid. You don't yeah, know. Yeah. yeah, ones in Georgia and those summer festivals. Yeah, those and the, um, gosh, no, the worst public toilet I ever used was, um, oh no, there, there might be a tie for this. Um, rest side stops, pretty bad, but then. I was at a strip club in Tampa, Florida, that was like the women's room and it didn't have doors. And oh. oh, it was very strange. Yeah. Well, I've seen um, a bathroom shared by four boys at Georgia Tech. Oh God, I'm sorry. It was horrifying. <laughs> Absolutely horrifying. I'm like, how does I'm that- I'm sure Rachel has too, actually. My sister, she lived in a duplex for a while that was 
eight Georgia Tech kids, four girls on one side, four boys on the other. Yeah, I just, I just don't know how the things get to where the things are. It, yeah, but hey. No, no. In my first marriage, we had separate bathrooms. Oh, nice. He was so disgusting. I made him go use his own bathroom, and I would not clean it, nor was he allowed to use mine. Sounds good. I wish we had more than one bathroom in this house. Mm-hmm. I wish I had more than one bathroom in this house, too. My my current significant other has often complained or opined that the only thing wrong with this apartment is the one bathroom. Yeah, but it is an apartment. It's pretty rare to find an apartment with more than one bathroom. Yeah. Like near a college campus. Yeah. Those tend to, like, they know that roommates are moving in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have a toilet in the basement. And nice. That does seem to be a very Minnesotan thing to have a, a random extra toilet in the basement. Yeah. And it's on it's on a pipe, but it's not connected to the system. So, so where does it go? Um, I don't know. And we have to put water in it occasionally so that the sewage gases don't come up through it. Mm-hmm. And it's one of my goals to actually find a plumber and be like, hey, what would it take to make this a functional toilet? I'm sure that my partner would appreciate that. Yeah. Many times I'm like, excuse me, I need the bathroom. And he's like, ugh. Yeah. It's like, well, you know. Such is life. Yeah. Unless you want me to go use the kitchen sink or something. Come on. Right. It's kind of hard for me to jump up there. I'll do it, but I'd mm-hmm. rather go outside. I also tried to get Eves to go behind a tree, thinking you're a boy. Just do that. And he's like, no. <laughs> Not a country boy. No, no, not at all. So, yeah, I um, interrupted the entire class to be like, hello, person in charge. Please give me your keys or send me with one of your able assistants with the key to go open the building. Yeah. My child refuses to use your portalette, which is very nice. I apologize. Yeah. Um, well, we learned that uh, Irish Fair this summer, um, they're planning on taking, like, the one building that's on, you know, Herod Island. Oh, Yeah. Um, and making it part of just the VIP section. Okay. And it's like, okay, cool, I see that, but um, it is the most accessible bathroom because even like mm-hmm. quote unquote accessible porta potties are still not really all that accessible if you're using a wheelchair. No. Um, and there's a lot of people with like actual phobias of porta potties. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't. I'm not a huge fan of that, so we'll have to see what they do. Because it's yeah. very, very expensive to be a VIP at Fair. When is that happening? August something? Like oh, early August, probably. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I just have to look. Yeah. Oh, August like 12th, 13th, 14th, 13th, 14th, 15th, somewhere around there. Awesome. Yeah. I'll try to get significant other to come here at that time. He would like to go to this. Yes. It costs money now. Oh, it costs money now? That's fine. I can yeah. give them my money. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm surprised it kind of took this long. I'm simultaneously disappointed and not surprised. Mm-hmm. It's like you're bringing I feel in that. people who like to get paid for the, their art. So, yeah. Pay us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will it still cost as much, though, for... um? people with booths and stuff to rent those booths and to be there? I probably. Hmm. Um, I mean, it's not like iShare has been making money. Sure. No, I don't expect that. Just um, So I think it's... I wondered if what they were charging the people who are, you know, the reason you can go to the fair to see something um, 
we're gonna get like cut back from it. But I, yeah, I doubt it. Yeah, because I, I don't know if they'll still break even at least this first few years or so. Hmm. Um, because I should be glad then it's just still continuing. So yeah, yeah, right. Um, there's gonna be like no international acts this year, of course, because yeah, the virus. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I'm glad it's happening. It got canceled last year along with everything, everything else. else. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as we figure out how to do it securely for folks. But I'm excited that some of my dancers yeah. have gotten vaccinated. Wonderful. Yeah, now that the Pfizer is good for ages 12 and up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Especially, if, you know, some autoimmune com- compromised folks in the dance mm-hmm. class, including me. So let's, <laughs> let's be vaccinated. It's, it's important. It's important. Yes. No, um, thinking about possibly going home to Georgia um, around the 1st of August. It's my father's 75th birthday. Oh, wow. See, I get so, like, since my parents died so young, mm-hmm. I, in my head, like, everyone's parents have stayed that age. And it's like, oh, right, your parents kept aging. I forget. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but that's cool. Is there yeah. a party? Not to my knowledge. Um, yeah, yeah, just to, just to, yeah, that'll be my next. You always ask me when am I coming home next, so I feel like I have to have a plan. Yeah. And not just, you know, the inevitable, well, when grandma dies. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've been wanting to have a trip, quote unquote, home. Mm-hmm. Um, I've kind of been putting it off partially because I, while I can see clients via telehealth from Georgia, mm-hmm. I can't really teach dance i mean i could through tele you, you don't have your whole studio yeah, yeah. it's um, not the same but um yeah we'll see i have a week off in june i don't know if i'm gonna spend a couple of days in georgia it depends on how safe it is you know they're not yeah they're not really they've had more vaccines sooner that's how i was able to get my first shot while i was down there yeah but they've really slowed down mm-hmm. so mm. frustrating I know some people are anti the vaccine. I'm like, okay, I understand that you don't understand science, mm-hmm. but here's a web comic that explains it perfectly, <laughs> and you're still refusing to understand it. So, yeah, you're just being stubborn. Yeah, I have a cousin that um, it's sort of like we knew that she she was kind of a Karen and cared more about her own personal convenience than the good of the world in any particular situation that might arise. Um, The best story I love to tell about her, she went to her um, county, city, whatever, and was like, you must take away this recycling bin. I do not want it outside my home. We do not recycle. I don't want it. And they're like, no, we provide them. We provide them to everyone. We pick them up. You can use it or not, but it's going to stay there. And she's like, then I'm going to put it in the trash can and throw it away. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, she's she's that person. Wow. Like I don't want it on my property. Like, well, your property is shared property, woman. That's what you'd get for thinking this isn't a socialist somewhat first place. Yeah, it's once again America's really tied its own shoelaces together and tried to run with the whole mm-hmm. at individualism. It's like I, even when I was a kid, people there was a stronger sense of community. You know, it's, yeah. Someone get 
even just the idea that you might not have a lot of food and they show up like here's a bushel of beans it's like mm -hmm. what's happened like, it's so different. i don't know we're dicks and now you do something nice for people and they're just like why did you do that and it's like uh to be nice why are you yeah. suspicious of me now why are you assuming that it implies anything about you that I did something? Right. It's like if you didn't want me to do the nice thing, you can just ignore it. Yeah. People. Although, when I had, uh, I was on crutches many, many moons ago. Uh -huh. um, a friend of mine and I went to Tennessee to see a band. Ooh. And um, I was blown away by how nice people were. We saw oh, nice. a, a fast food restaurant and uh -huh. we ordered our food and uh, my friend went to use the bathroom and I'm just like, uh, okay, because, you know, suddenly there's a tray of food and I'm on crutches and the staff just didn't blink an eye. They just were like, where do you want to sit? And like took it over to me and I was just like, wow, you know, it's, it's been a long time since I've been around people that are this just default thoughtful. and thoughtful. Yeah. Um, my friend came back. She's like, oh, how'd you get the food over here? And I'm like, oh, they brought it. Magic. She's like, yes, there's some thoughtful, nice people in the world. Um, so, yeah, we left Tennessee with me going, people in Tennessee are nice, except Memphis. Yeah. But the rest of Tennessee's fine. I've heard nice things about Nashville. I like driving through Nashville on the way mm -hmm. back home. I have very much enjoyed driving through, yeah, Rocky Top, that whole area. Yeah. Yeah. Although I saw a really bad wreck there once. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. Brakes coming off a mountain. You should use them. Um, so one of the things I thought I would do on this podcast. Yes. I'll stop clapping my hands. I'm sure it's super <laughs> fun to listen to. We'll just flap because no one can see us flap. Yay. Um, Happy penguins. Yay. <laughs> um, so the Board of Behavioral Health and Therapy, at least in Minnesota, Mm -hmm. um, there's an aspect of it where they actually, it's public record, some disciplinary actions. Mm. Um, and sometimes it's just like, oh yeah, that was a bad decision. That person, mm -hmm. you know, faulty, faulty thinking there. Mm -hmm. And then some of them are just like, what the hell was this person thinking? <laughs> um, and it's just one of those, like keeping in mind that not everyone who goes to school for psychology actually thinks about applying that psychology to themselves. Sure, sure. Um, and that clearly there are some people... There's some cognitive dissonance there. there there's there's some problems. Um, so I found two cases that just I was like screaming while reading them and my partner was like, I'm like listen to what this person did. <laughs> well, like, please share with the, the group. Yes, let us know what you found. So, um, I won't read the people's names. It's public record. You can go find it if you want to. Mm -hmm. It feels a little gross for me to, like, say the name on a... I think that's fine. Um, okay, so... Human A. Yeah, it's Human A. Um, so they worked at a residential treatment facility, which means basically, you know, addiction, addiction therapy. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Um, okay, and they call people who are often, especially if they're committed, like, not willingly to these places as vulnerable adults, right? You're receiving services okay. therefore you are um if you're receiving services from the state you are a vulnerable adult i thought you were going to say inmate so no 
no, not quite inmates, they might feel like they are. Um, so in this case, there's three vulnerable adults. Um, and I'll give a little bit of history of each one because I think it's important to understand like yeah. what these folks were uh, living with. Mm -hmm. So this first person was uh, diagnosed with major depressive disorder, recurrent, moderate, so depression. Um, yeah. And an opioid use disorder, severe. Okay. So um, depression and an opioid. Um, Got it. And let's see, this next person, schizophrenia, alcohol use disorder, cannabis use disorder, and amphetamine type substance use disorder. So mm. multiple um, drugs, probably, of course, you know, it's like schizophrenia might be self-medicating. Um, yeah. And, okay, all of these people have the goal of at least being sober, you know, some For sure. trying, they're trying. Mm -hmm. um, the third vulnerable adult, um, also schizophrenia and cannabis use disorder. Um, I really do want to know how the state expects us to address the fact that we have medical cannabis in this mm -hmm. state. Like, do we still give them a cannabis use disorder if they are heavily using their prescribed cannabis? But anyway, that's... Well, we have medically prescribed opioids, too. Yeah, but you're not abusing them, typically. Like... Oh, okay. Like I thought the first person did. Well, um, so it's, what's the exact term? Yeah, opioid use disorder. I mean, I think when you read the description, mm -hmm. it, it becomes a little bit more clear. Although, what kind of opioid? If it was heroin, then okay. Oh, no. But different. if it's Oxycontin. Yes, ugh, precisely. Slippery slope. Um, and I straight up seeing people misuse their medically prescribed. Oh, yes. Products. It's like, mm -hmm. you are you are high as a kite, and um, you're using more. I'm pretty sure that wasn't the goal. Um, yeah. Anyway, so these are folks who are... So that's three people. Yeah. What's the fourth one? Um, so the fourth person is the licensee, so the person who has the license from the state of Minnesota. Okay. Um, so it should be like caring for these people mm -hmm. uh let's see blah, blah 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 there's always a lot of like this statute and then this statute yeah i'm sure there's a legalese jargon template they have to put things into yeah let me get to actually what happened this, this is all like the like this person agrees to give up their license i meant to go through and highlight but I didn't. <laughs> no problem. We're learning. Yeah. So not like grad school where you have to have your presentation ready. No, no. I'm unprepared. Where is it? Okay, I read it before. Okay, so basically this person uh, was out in the community with these three folks uh -huh. um, and thought it was okay to take them to a bar that serves alcohol and leave them there for an hour um, <laughs> like a babysitter i'm gonna drop my kids off at the library <laughs> yeah um and they drank duh so they lost you know they relapsed yeah um and when they came back i seem to recall that they actually did like alcohol test them 
well yeah our therapist took us to a bar yeah yeah it's like they came back smelling like alcohol in the treatment facility was like um what happened here uh were they trying to do the cool mom thing i don't know and here's many um this person were they in ladc no, no, they were an LBC, so they were licensed professional counselors. It's a little bit different than the LPCC that I am. Um, it's mm-hmm. like I came before the LPCCs. Mm-hmm. Um, I, bless the LADC's hearts, they are, um, I, I wouldn't do what they do. I think they're rock stars. And many of them are even bigger rock stars because they're often in recovery themselves. Mm-hmm. And there is a high rate of relapse because that's part of recovery. Um, oh, so maybe they were in relapse when they made this poor choice? Yeah, but this person isn't an LADC. They are an LPC. So oh. I, I wouldn't think there there may not be that history there. Um, mm-hmm. I just... I, ah, see, it just blows my mind. It's like, okay, these people are in a treatment facility specifically for mental health and substance abuse. And you, Why would you take them to a bar? To a bar. Why? <laughs> Be good, kids. Just order Coke. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, the big one will watch the little one. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. So on July 22nd, 2016, licensee took VA1, VA2, and VA3, so more little, to a bar and left them unsupervised for approximately one hour. Upon returning to the facility, VA1 and VA3 were given breathalyzer tests, which indicated that both had been drinking at the bar. Uh, DHS, Department of Human Services, determined that it was not therapeutic to place these VAs in an environment without supervision and where alcohol or use was present. So was it a dare? I don't, I mean, to see again, is, was it faulty thinking or was it like this person thought they were doing exposure therapy, but clearly are not trained in exposure therapy. It's like, let's mm-hmm. see if they can resist. It's like, no. No, they can't. They cannot. Not yet. No. So, um, that one. Setting up to fail. Good job. Yeah. That one was definitely a, I, this person just did not think that through. Um, we had to sign all this. Something sort of along those lines. Um, have I told you about the history professor that wrote um, a book on American revolutionary time saying that um, he, he proposed that how we think of gold culture in America was actually not how it actually was, that early Americans didn't all have guns and rifles in their homes, that they actually were a part of organized like central militias for each town and they lived in an armory and you'd go get them if you needed them, but nobody had a gun in their home. That's just silly. What planet was this person from? This one. He was an Emory professor. Uh, hmm. Yeah. And all us wonderful liberals, that cognitive bias, oh my God, that sounds great. Completely just believed him and wrote reviews about it and peer reviewed it and said, this is great. Nobody dug into his research to see how terrible it was until well, I mean, it was just, very, very too late. Just read some first-person accounts, and I, mm-hmm. yeah. But you know, there's a another book that um, that happened with. I think Cracker Culture. Mm. It was supposed to be like the like Celtic roots of the South, which like mm-hmm. like right up my alley. Yeah, um, and I, I bought it and. <laughs> 
never got around to reading it, which turned out to be okay because someone was telling me, it's like, you know, it, it turns out that person, um, they're not a trained historian, which I think in a lot of cases is fine. Like there's some mm -hmm. amateur historians that just oh, yeah. kick ass. Mm -hmm. um, but this, apparently there wasn't actual research. This was all mm -hmm. like in this person's head. Um, oh, no. So I, I still have never taken the time to read the book and analyze it myself, but mm -hmm. I, that happens so often. People are like, I think this is, what? this sounds good. And it's like, yeah, you know, great. This you person know. was a trained historian and they yeah, did know all the right research things and had been doing this, working on this book for like two decades. And at one point he claimed his notes got destroyed in an office fire. Um, and he did and then people tried to just yeah, go replicate his notes, went back to the places he said he went and did research and could not find the evidence he said he found there. Yeah. It was like, no, dude, this just, you were looking for something and you mar marked it down and it's not legit. He, um, was discredited. He was fired. And last I heard he was a bartender up in like New Hampshire. Wow. Or Maryland somewhere. Yeah. Emory. Come on. Understand. Yeah. Freaking Emory. Yeah, I learned this during my um, bachelor's history at Georgia State. Yeah. Well, and these are the kinds of cases that they read to us in ethics class to, um, like, scare us straight, basically. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. When I took the supervision class, we had to go through some case studies. It's like, okay, what did this person do wrong? Mm. Sometimes it was like, I mean, she gave us hard cases so that we really had to intentionally, like, think about things. Good, good. But some of these you look at and you're like, yep, nope. Um, and I'm gonna, I'm present one of those now. Yes, please. Um, so this person, I think the clinical term is fucked up. Oh, okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. So this Highly technical. person, masters of science, LADC. So they were a chemical health person and they also had the LPC and they were an LPCC applicant. So they were in the okay. process of transitioning into the clinical counseling. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Let me. I also didn't highlight this one. Da, 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 da. They did the things. Findings of fact. This is where it gets juicy. So it's a dude. This is a guy. Okay. Um, let's see. In spring of 2000, while employed as a teacher at a school, I'm not going to read the name. Sure, of the sure. It was alleged that the respondent engaged in sexual contact with a minor female student. No criminal charges were filed against respondent because he was a probationary teacher. Respondent's teaching contract was not renewed at the end of the school year. So, um, I have negative opinions about that school. Yeah, what the hell? Surely her parents are like, I want to press criminal charges. Right, I mean, who knows what the situation is if, if her parents were aware or caring. Uh, I mean, you know, there's some disengaged parents out there. But it gets, um, it gets worse. Oh, no. So May 12th, 2004, a respondent was charged with solicitation of a child to engage in sexual conduct, which is a felony. Um, yeah. It's alleged that the respondent, a social studies teacher um, in a school district that's outside of the Twin Cities Metro, and that's all, mm -hmm. um, engaged in sexually explicit online chat room conversations with a female high school student living um, in a different part of Minnesota. So at least there was quite a bit of distance, but uh, still. Oh, my God. Ugh. Online conversations mm -hmm. between the respondent and the female student um, took place in a certain date. Um, so this this girl, and I'm going to say girl because she was under 18, mm -hmm. um, 
set up a profile on an, an internet site and this guy contacted her. Mm -hmm. She was 15. Mm -hmm. And then uh, he told her that he was a social studies teacher. Um, and uh, let's see. So she, she knew that this person was over 18. Um, mm -hmm. Not that that means anything because it's no, it, not fully developed. So <laughs> No, no, not at all. Yeah. Um, um, so he was 34. Mm -hmm. um, when that communication began, the female student said uh, that her profile did include her age uh, and her photo. So the wow, whole she life wasn't trying to hide this at all. He was no. seeking this out, absolutely. He knew that this was a, a minor person. Mm -hmm. um, and he sent a photo of himself um, to her. And mm -hmm. so she was later was like, yep, that's him. Um, so shortly after making contact online, the female student said that he started making sexual comments to her and attempted to persuade her to meet in person to engage in sexual mm -hmm. acts. Oh, so, no. Uh, this dude is a predator. Mm -hmm. um, and they have transcriptions of what was written. Oh, Jesus. Um, let's see. They're all just gross. Gross. Um, but it's just, I'm going to read a couple of them because it just shows like how immature she is. Okay. And like he, ugh, the onus was clearly on him to not. Yeah. Yeah. Just hard to believe this is a highly educated, highly trained person who's supposed to be in a profession where you help people. Dude, he has a master's degree, mm -hmm. um, passed a national licensing exam. So again, this is where I get on my soapbox of like. Just because someone's licensed and they take these exams, like, doesn't mean jack. Like, someone can Yeah, it doesn't like, mean they're a good person. Yeah, I almost, I'm almost to the point that people should, like, oh, you're going to be a therapist with vulnerable populations. Here's your psych exam. Like, mm -hmm. but anyway. Um, mm -hmm. So, douchebag says, I think we're not supposed to use that term anymore. But anyway. Um, douche canoe? Yeah, there was something about, since douche is female specific. I'll have to dig more into that. I was reading a whole thing about ableist and sex. Anal cleanse canoe? Oh, yeah, maybe, because everyone has anuses. Mm -hmm, we do. Are there people who don't have anuses? No, they're not golems. Well, people with colostomy bags. Anyway, if you don't have an anus, email us, because we want to know. Um, yeah. So, um, Yucky Dude says, want to kiss me yet? Yep. And she says, maybe, maybe not. Still want me to move to your basement? Lol. Oh, God. He says, desperately, she says, as long as you let me sneak into your bed at night. Ew. Ew. Yeah. And he says, our little secret. And she wrote, lol, I don't think your wife would let me move in. So he's fucking married. And told her. And she's cool with it. And you're going along with this? Yeah. Oh my god. So he, and here's really gross. Uh, he said, I'll work on that. Gross. And, uh, yeah. Oh, look. Lifelong commitment you made to a person is a problem that you need to work on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jeez. so gross. Yeah. Um, I mean, later he calls her his infatuation. Um, So he says, you're my one infatuation. Why would I want more than the best? 
And she wrote, I don't know, why would you even like me, a 16-year-old chick that's not all that great? So she has no self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And he says, your personality is obviously not that of a 16-year-old. And what exactly is not so great? So grooming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's... It, yeah. And here's... Wow. Um, respondent, what's wrong? And then he texts again, parents? And he wrote again, boyfriend? And then he wrote, need some good oral sex? Ew. Yeah. And it, uh, it's like, I'd love to help you out with that third thing. Oh, gross. Gross. So, so please tell me he's like in jail forever, felon, sex, registered offender, all the bad uh, Yeah, things. like he was okay. charged with possession of pornography involving minors. Um, yeah, and it goes into a lot of the legal stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is just a reprimand from the Board of Behavioral Health. I, I didn't dig in to see what um, state of Minnesota... The legalities that have proceeded, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it... It talks about what he was acquitted of and what he was charged with. Um, and what's, I don't understand this at all. The criminal charge of possession of a pornographic work involving minors was dismissed because it could not be established that respondent had access to those websites. Um, and then he was acquitted. Uh, <laughs> how can it not be assessed that she doesn't have access to the websites if it's, I mean, do they not understand how IP addresses work? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like. It seems like the FBI should be involved in this. Yeah, yeah. Child pornography. And seeing as how she identified him, she's made a statement saying yeah. to the effect that I did this. What do you well, have to verify? Well, it says that he, they can't prove that he accessed the websites, but still, same same thing. Like yeah, yeah. You can track. There's yeah, you can. Yeah. Um, and then they acquitted him of um, a felony charge of solicitation to a child engaged in sexual contact. They didn't say why. So, my. My suspicion is he probably took a plea deal mm-hmm. that got him out of a lot of this stuff. But I, I mean, regardless, so um, I would probably dig deeper because I'm mean like that. Because I hope he's in prison, uh-huh. and um, these are the types of folks that aren't treated well in prison. Because gross, no one likes kids being messed with. Thank um, God for that. Thank God for prison justice. Maybe the only justice we have left. And um, shockingly enough, it kind of gets worse. Oh my god! Not not like worse than what uh, happens to a kid. But, okay. Um, every year when we renew our licenses, we have to answer like, "Have you been charged with a felony? Have you done this? Have you done that?" And mm-hmm. Yes or no, and you have to tell them what happened and everything. Sure. Um, so the question is, have you ever voluntarily surrendered any professional license or registration allowed it to lapse? He said no. Um, have you ever been charged with a felony? He said no, but he had at this point. So he's lying to the Board of Behavioral Health. Um, yeah. And so it, 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 it does actually get worse beyond that. Um, so in, in April, when he was a therapist, April 2009, uh-huh. a 23-year-old college student sought counseling at the facility he was working at. Um, and let's see posted her resume on uh, internet site uh-huh. back respondent replied to her posting on this site and it's the same site as the other girl so he's clearly like a predator on that site mm-hmm. um, and began communicating and lied to her about what he did then she had a counseling appointment at the facility he worked at mm-hmm. when she went her therapist wasn't available so they were out or whatever so she left and 
But then they called and said, hey, we've got this other therapist who could take you in. Now, he knew her name, so Mm -hmm. he would have known who she was. And the onus is often on the therapist to say, I actually know this person. Yeah, I can't shit and take that. Yeah, because we that's part of the ethics code is we can't have multiple relationships. Yeah. Um, So as much as I would love to hire like some of my uh, clients who are just freaking geniuses and things that I'm not, I'm not allowed to. Right. So yes, um, I can occasionally say it's like, Hey, this happened with this thing. And they're like, Oh, do this. It's like, Oh, cool. 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 Um, but you know, it's, it's equal and not gross. Um, yes, but this uh, person, this person. So she returned and, um, respondent conducted the therapeutic session with this client during which they talked about issues related to depression and anxiety. At some point during the session on November 12th, 2010, respondent closed the office door, which no big deal. I, sure, sure, sure. Closed. Everyone closes the door. Yeah, it's privacy. That's fine. Started kissing the client. Oh my God. Removed her shirt and other clothing and engaged in consensual sexual intercourse with the client. In their office. Oh my God. And at least three more times after that office session. So, um. What the hell? Right. What? What? Um, so he got fired. Thank God. Yeah. And there's another client that, um, let's see. What did he do with this one? During counseling sessions, asked if she had body image issues and offered to give her honest opinions about her appearance. Um, instructed her to stand up and turn around. Told Gross. That That's not had, normal. Yeah. Told client that she had a beautiful body. And hugged the client, which we, it's, I don't know, have I ever hugged a client? I think maybe once or twice. And typically it's been like, I need a hug or it's been like, you need deep pressure. There was one person that I did, it's like, okay, you're melting down. And they're like, I need deep pressure. And I didn't have a weighted blanket. It was like, oh, like. All right, I'm squeezing. It was like an yeah. arm. It wasn't even a full body hug. Because um, no. also, I'm not a huge fan of touching humans. No, no. I had this no. one time I was at, um, when I was uh, undergrad, I was 18, 19, and I went to the on-campus health clinic because I was sick with like a sinus infection or something. The doctor in the room started massaging my shoulders. Oh. Yeah. I was like, I'm too nice i'm too southern to say this but this is really inappropriate and i want to run away it's time for me to go now bye yeah do you notice my shoulders are getting tenser as you massage them yeah please stop touching me gross 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 um so during counseling sessions um jackass hugged her and put his hands on her waistline when doing so um within a few weeks of the beginning of the professional relationship responded would hug client start breathing on her neck and try to softly kiss her neck Respondent later said client two text messages stating that um, he had gotten excited during their hugs. So implying that he got an erection. Yeah, yeah. Um, at the end of a counseling session, leaned into hug client two and kissed her on the lips. Client two pulled away. Yeah. Um, and cause... said, I'm, I'm sorry, was that wrong? Am I going too far? <laughs> um, so he asked the client uh, to not tell anyone about what their communications and relationship. Um, uh, <laughs> this blows my mind. Gave clients who cash in the amount of $300 to help her pay for a speeding ticket. 
also known as like abuse of power to manipulate mm-hmm. somebody. Um, yeah, would kiss her on the lips during the meetings. Like, so how did this get found out? Did she report it or? You know, it's, I, I do wonder. And this, they've got all of these like documentations of text messages. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think, I mean, one aspect is when you're, if someone's fired from a facility in this situation, you, I mean, you have to report them. Yes. Uh, I mean, I can't imagine finding out that someone I worked with did something like this, even if we fire them, like, I'm reporting this to the board. Like, if my supervisor didn't, I Mm -hmm. would, but also my supervisor would in a heartbeat. Um, Yeah. I mean, and just, yeah, it's like, you know this, you need to report it. Like, you have a moral, ethical obligation as, yeah, another therapist to be like, this person never needs to be in a situation where they can take advantage of another person like this again. And that is on me for knowing it and not saying something. Yeah, yeah. And it's, um, and actually we do have a duty to report these things, even if they're in the past. So a therapist, mm-hmm. I mean, we were, someone can tell us they committed a crime and we don't report those things. Okay. Um, now if they've got future plans, um, mm, that's very different. Yeah. We have duty to warn, but, um, I mean, clients have told me they've done things in the past. I'm like, Oh wow. Yuck. And they're like, yeah, that was a mistake. What do I do? How do I get over this? And how do I change my behavior? And it's like, you're in therapy. This is good. Yeah. Um, however, we've had clients come in. It's like, well, you know, I ended up dating this past therapist, and it's like, whoa, you did what? And we've reported that. Good. It's yeah. Like, that that we can't let that go. Um, yeah. We won't necessarily report the client's name, but we will report the therapist. Yeah. Because I don't want to be in the same field with that person. No. Um. So yeah, they. They lost their license. They definitely lost their license to practice. Um, and I think license is revoked. Um, respondent's application for licensure as an LPCC is denied. Um, shall not practice, attempt to practice, offer to practice, or advertise to hold himself out as authorized to practice alcohol and drug counseling, professional counseling, or professional clinical counseling in Minnesota. Um, Good. Yeah at least for 20 years I would have done it permanently but I'm yeah harsh um yeah it yeah um wow registered sex offender now it's kind of like going through and reading a police blotter isn't it I've never read a case that crazy before (laughs) yeah I mean often it's just like this person slept with their client they got in trouble but this one was just like and then this, and then this, and he's, well, hopefully he's divorced now. Um, has like a very, uh, who knows, maybe they were polyamorous, but um, that's strange. Yeah. Um, oh, and it looks like there's, they did contest, the guy did actually contest it. It's just like, there's documentation from teenagers. Mm-hmm. No, honey, that's not going to work out for you. Yeah blows my mind mm-hmm. so yes yeah, sometimes there's really juicy crazy crap on board behavioral health and therapy sites yes yes please do share with the group whenever that those things come up again yeah, i'll i'll look for them because occasionally i mean really it's just like oh okay that's a learning experience for a lot of us that person mm-hmm. didn't document something um yeah i mean and i think the board of behavioral health knows that it's there are complaints that go in that they're not legit you know it's we do have people who have 
severe and persistent mental illnesses that occasionally make things up like they didn't give me the right diagnosis and it's just like no sweetie you really do have borderline personality disorder and that's okay you gotta work on that yeah you know but no like the lady that tried to tell me that i was bipolar and put me on antipsychotics and it's like no i'm not bipolar i'm depressed but whatever yeah yeah and it's uh, it's not a science sure i know that there's a lot of people who really want to say that psychology is a science Mm -hmm. um but there's so much clinical judgment mm-hmm. in play. It's and uh, what was the mo- the phrase I liked in grad school is like you see what you want to see. Uh huh. And so I can see neurodivergency very very easily. And so yes. I have to be very careful. It's like well they look like they're neurodivergent, but they they might be mentally ill. Um, mm-hmm. That I know that that phrase is changing too, which I don't cool. like. I think it's okay to call mental illness mental illness because. It's yeah. just a slippery soap of trying to not acknowledge the struggle a person's going through. Yeah. It's like, you know what? Mm. I mean, it's good we reevaluate these things, but it's not necessarily necessary to change them. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think it's, um, the important part is to stay critically thinking about them. Yes. And then adjust to also how a person identifies. So if an individual is like, I'd rather it be called this for their own identity, like, you could go with that. Yeah, yeah. But, um, by and large, if we start calling it not that, then we run the risk of them not getting help. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you're just different. It's like, no, you you just really severely harmed yourself. Mm-hmm. It's like those lists of why they used to um, put women in mental health facilities from the 1800s. Right. They had too many novels. Reading too many novels is a cause of concern, is a diagnosis now that we put people away for. She reads way too much, that girl. Yeah, yeah. spoiled her brain. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I was going to say, okay, so I, I totally said before, I haven't watched TV in a while, but I was watching this really cute show that this whole conversation reminded me of um, called Evil, which Blaine's name. Um, oh, actually, very. What, this was a psychologist that works with um, kind a, of priest. a priest. Yeah. A priest yeah, yeah. and then a techie guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah and the techie guy is Asif Mondi from The Daily Show. Yes, yes. I've yes. seen some episodes, but then it, I started losing my interest. Yeah, I actually kind of lost interest in it, too. But I did really, really enjoy the whole concept of um, there's one where um, the priest is trying to um, kind of stop embarrassing. The Catholic Church is being sued by someone that um, asked for an exorcism. They gave her an exorcism. And then she went to a doctor and they were like, yeah, the, the exorcist did more harm than good than the doctor did. But they were actually kind of able to prove to that the medications that the doctor put her on also caused all these same um, symptoms that she said the exorcist right. caused as well. So it was kind of like, yeah, honey, there's just, there's a lot here and neither of these things are sciences, like you said. Right. Yeah. I've um, listened to some podcasts that cover exorcisms and Ooh. they do kind of go into like, okay, you know, now looking at this from a different lens, was this person just experiencing schizophrenia? Or like mm-hmm. what was going on or were they just ha- like just a straight up psychotic break, even if it wasn't schizophrenia based. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, we'll never know. Like you, yeah. you know, someone's individual experience. And then also it's like, if, if someone's faith is that strong, if they do label it a demon, okay. But only if that helps them. Yeah. It's not, we don't have the Star Trek, Dr. Crusher's little, point it to my forehead and scan me tell me what's wrong right yeah well and even 
hypothetically, we can see differences in the brain with the fMRIs, mm -hmm. um, but um, A, insurance is never going to pay for us to all mm -hmm. just pop people into an fMRI. Mm -hmm. And then also, it doesn't tell you what the difference is. It's like, oh, look, this brain is different. <laughs> it doesn't tell you necessarily. It's like, this is autism. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's some patterns that you're like, it's probably autism. Like this part is enlarged more than this part. And right. we have found in studies that people who are diagnosed with this often showed this symptom. Right. So it's sort of making cool correlations between things that we think are yeah, similar, but we don't really know. Correlations, right? Yeah, there's no like, we did a blood draw and the titer says that these antibodies are present. Because um, mm -hmm. it's, what was it? There's that research where the guy was studying psychotic brains. Mm-hmm and looked in the control group and was like, oh, wait, this scan's in the wrong pile. Um, Sugar. And it was his, like, he was part of the control group. So, it's like, <laughs> yeah, see, you can have, like, sociopathic traits mm -hmm. and they manifest in a, a different way. Like, it's, it's good to be, like, a somewhat cold calculating scientist in certain areas. Yes. And, mm -hmm. Yeah, you probably qualify for an antisocial personality disorder diagnosis. We have a use for you. Yeah, here we go. Pop you here. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's psychology is not a science. Like, we get you know scientific degrees in it, but they're just scientific. Yeah. It's not science. Mine's a uh, master of arts. Nice. Um, one of my library science degree is a master's of library and information sciences. Mm -hmm. I was annoyed that my undergrad degree was a. A bachelor's of science because it's graphic arts and imaging technology. And hmm. Well, I wanted it to be arts, mm -hmm. but um, apparently, the communication department is a science. Huh. Weird. So, my undergrad's a BS, and then my master's is an MA. I have a BA, and then I have an MLIS and an MA. Yeah. NMA. Which one is that? Master of Arts in History at the World History Online program I did from that cool little school up in Vermont. All right, yeah. Well, and I still haven't heard if I got into the forensic psychology program, so we'll see. You'll get it. They want your money. It's a state school, so they're everyone nice. gets in. No. 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 Oh, maybe a four-year. Okay, I'm thinking of Noko Ramsey. Like, like oh. our two-year schools, they take everyone. No, this is a university. Oh, okay. I don't know. You're right. I did try to get into a couple of master's level programs at the U of M and did not get in. Oh, U of M. Yeah. Um, I was, I started an application to their PhD program mm -hmm. um, solely because they were waiving GRE requirements um, during Ooh. COVID because I think the mm -hmm. GRE is bullshit. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was like looking at the programs. I'm like, eh, I don't know if I want to do that. It's like, it's not that I don't want a doctorate. It's that I, I am a clinician. Yeah. I think research is important, but I don't think my heart can be in that necessarily. Mm -hmm. Unless it was like, okay, I'm doing this research that directly applies to clinic practice. Yes. Um, then I could be hella engaged. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm much more nerdy excited about forensic psychology. Whereas I'm just like, let me read something and, you know, write papers on it, please. Yeah. Um, but especially with all this stuff with cops and people with disabilities, I'm mm. not hearing enough people with neurodivergent lens yeah. in the forensic psychology field. Yes. 
And also I keep, like, people are um, found competent for trial, and I'm going, they have no central coherence. How did you, how can you even say that they, they can tell you that they understand right and wrong, but you didn't test central coherence. So Mm -hmm. they're just saying that because they have internalized ableism. Did you? Yeah. You didn't ask about that get to the did you get to the episode in Evil where um, it's the girl who thinks God talks to her when she's blowing up balloons? No. It's really interesting because the, the, the therapist gal has a set of questions she reads to there and she reads them to every client. And you start to get a little like, why are you asking her these ridiculous questions? And it's like, this is the tool. This is the tool I use to measure everyone and to be able to measure people against other things. I have to use the same tool. So it was a really interesting kind of insight into that world. The one thing I did like about that show is it was an actual, fairly accurate representation of psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, way too often I end up screaming at television shows mm-hmm. because the therapist like violates HIPAA because a cop just shows up and is like, we're investigating this and your client did this. And it's like, oh no. And it's like, you actually have to say, I cannot confirm or deny knowing that person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, what was the other one that always gets me? Oh, if a client dies and they then come to you and ask, it's like, can we just have the records? It's like, oh, sure, they're dead. It's like, nope, HIPAA follows them to death. Mm-hmm. So get you a subpoena. I have a joke. Okay. I heard a really great joke about HIPAA. Yeah. But I can't tell you. Aha! Uh, that's fantastic. <laughs> that might be a good note to end on. I don't know. I think so. Always good to end with a nerd joke. Yes. So I will... Um, click end or stop record on our our first ever episode. Yes, thank you all for listening. Yeah, all two of you. Me and you. To this. Yeah. <laughs> the cats heard it. All right, here we go. Thanks, y'all. Thank you.